something you need to talk to the doctor about, but don't actually want to talk to them about it? Then pay a visit to Superdrug's online doctor. We offer online consultations for more than 40 health services and conditions, from sexual health, including erectile dysfunction and contraception, to other health services like hair loss and asthma. If appropriate, we can prescribe medication, including repeat prescriptions, and deliver them to your door or local store. So you can book a travel vaccination appointment in the taxi or continue your contraception from the couch. Jump online to onlinedoctor.superdrug.com and select your preferred medication or test kit. Complete a short medical questionnaire and our doctors will take care of your prescription as long as it's right for you. Superdrug's online doctor, now in session. Welcome to the beauty of it all. Now, this is the beauty-obsessed big sister that you've always wanted. Hosted by me, Vic Hope, with Superdrug, the beauty of it all takes a backstage look at the beauty industry, the issues facing it, and all the new news that you've been craving. Now, this episode, we are asking the question, is Botox safe? We'll delve into the misconceptions surrounding Botox. We want to dispel the myths, we want to reveal the truth, and debate the pros and the cons of the injectable in an increasingly selfie-driven world. Now, today's guests are TV personality Ollie Locke. Uh, Ollie, you'll know for sure, he found fame on Made in Chelsea, uh, which he starred in for four years. He's just landed a role in a Hollywood movie called Greed with Isla Fisher and Steve Coogan. Uh, you were on the island with Bear Grylls, and you've written two books as well, a novel and a biography. Now, you launched a YouTube channel about men's grooming, and you were filmed having Botox for the first time in a Harley Street clinic, which you said you thought was genius. I thought it was. <laughs> I actually genuinely thought it was. It was fantastic. I think you were very well placed for us to talk about Botox, especially given the impact that being on screen and being in the public eye has on the way you feel about how you look and what you might want to do to change that. Uh, now, we're also joined by Nadine Bagger, who has decades of experience in the industry. You're a vlogger, an influencer, a journalist for the likes of Hello, Daily Mail, Marie Claire. Uh, you've appeared on This Morning. Uh, and you also run a YouTube channel for women who believe that age is no barrier to looking good and feeling great. Now, you've blogged and been very outspoken about having Botox, um, having what you've referred to as baby Botox for about 10 years? Yes, and I actually have a video of me having Botox as well, where I discuss the pros, cons, is it safe, all that sort of stuff. Well, yeah, Ollie and I are owning it. Absolutely, yeah. it's one you to know show everything. the grandchildren. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm interested to learn a lot because, I'll be completely honest, I don't, I don't know that much about Botox. It's a world I've not delved into, I've not had any, I don't necessarily know the difference between fillers and Botox. So, can we start off just there, very simply, for anyone who doesn't know what Botox is, enlighten us. So Botox is um, a registered drug. It was originally developed 40 years ago for medical reasons. Mm -hmm. So for people with eye squints or actually uh, young children with cerebral palsy because they have a contracture of the muscle in the lower leg and it was injected into the muscle in the lower leg to drop the heel. Right. And then around 20 years ago, it was licensed for aesthetic purposes and it's basically minute amounts of botulinum toxin. And what it does is it blocks the nerve signals between the muscle and uh, the brain so that the muscle can no longer contract. So essentially, if you're frowning a lot and you've got those yellow uh, 11 lines between the, the eyebrows, yeah. or if you raise your eyebrows a lot, or if you squint a lot around the eyes, it's medically proven to stop that muscle from working. And if that muscle stops working, then the lines disappear. And they truly do. How safe 
is Botox? And, and where is it that there are risks? Because I think a lot of people are scared of it because we hear horror stories. Well, if you think that botulinum toxin is, is hugely dangerous because it's what causes food poisoning and you can die of an overdose of botulinum toxins if you have food poisoning. However, this is that toxin diluted so much that it is completely safe to inject in the muscle. Well, it's interesting because it's, it's, it's illegal to get hold of and technically you should only be able to get hold of it if you are a medical practitioner i.e. you've been to university for years and years and years and you've gone, you know, done all your medical training. However, who knows what's available on the grey market online? I mean, what advertises itself as being Botox? Unless it's coming from Allergan, who manufacture it, who are a drugs company, you don't know what you're getting. And this is the whole point of the super drug argument to make it available on the high street safely yeah. is because you need a name you can trust. And yeah. you can't go to a Botox party and you can't have your beauty therapist and you can't have your best friend or great aunt Catherine in, in injecting you. That's when it's unsafe. So it's a safe product, but if it's used in an unsafe way, that's when the trouble starts. As you say there, Superdrug are now offering a Botox service, but you have to have a medical consultation with a nurse uh, beforehand, and you do have to be over 25. Um, how can you, just to be very, very clear, how can you ensure that the person administering your Botox is completely qualified and completely safe to do so? You have to Google the hell out of them. Uh, find <laughs> the, great, find the letters after their names. I think a lot of people also see the word Harley Street and just assume, oh, it's fine. You have to research doctors or nurses on Harley Street because I could go and hire a room on Harley Street but because it says Harley Street, do you know, it doesn't mean that I've got every qualification yeah. to do any sort of procedure. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I always think quite... quite and I think the well. argument with Superdrug is, is, and they were, they came in for a lot of criticism when they announced they were going to make uh, Botox available on the high street. And it's very unfair because Superdrug are not encouraging people to have Botox. They are simply making Botox affordable mm -hmm. and safe for people who can't go to Harley Street. I would always argue it's a little bit like saying that giving teenagers sex education and contraception encourages teenagers to have sex. It doesn't. No. They're going to have sex anyway. It simply makes it safe yeah. for them. And that's what we're all trying to do. We're all trying to make something that isn't heavily licensed and controlled by the government safe. And I think three cheers for Superdrug for that. Yeah, people are going to do it anyway. Once it's out there, once the service has, has existed in our psyche and it's something that we know we can do to our face... I think it'd be very difficult to try and change people's minds about that. And increasingly young women want to have it and young men want to have it as well. And if you can't afford to go to the best doctors or the, the, the best surgeons, which majority of people can't have, at least go to somebody you trust and you trust Superdrug. And what's the difference between Botox and fillers? So Botox is the nerve toxin that, that stops the muscle movement and the fillers, and they are often absolutely complicated. People just think like, oh, they say fillers and Botox are the same thing. A filler is something that actually changes the shape of your face. So that's what you get if you want the big lip okay. or the big cheek right. or you want to get rid of fine lines or something like that. A filler is most commonly hyaluronic acid, which is, which is what's found naturally in your skin. It's a sugar that attracts water to the skin. And essentially, if you put it into a gel form, you can change the shape. You can fill lines rather than stop the muscle from moving. Okay. Now, I want to know, and I'm sure everyone listening does crucially about your experiences with Botox. Uh, Ollie, I'm going to come to you first. When did you first have it? 
One of those weird things, when you start on reality TV back in the day, it was, and this is nine years ago, um, that I started on Made in Chelsea. And if you look back at all of us and all the reality shows back in the day, we, did, we didn't look like we did now. No. Um, although it has been nine years, a lot of the girls especially have, have changed their face in quite substantial ways through um, through medical medical surgery, and etc. Um, however, I said, yeah, I'm going to give a Botox. And at the time, I was talking about kind of male grooming and kind of how men can make themselves look better. Mm-hmm. And I felt it was a really lovely and quite an important thing to show because there wasn't many men getting Botox at the time that was known and very openly saying it. So I thought, I'll, I'll do a YouTube video on it. So I went to 111 Harley Street um, to go and have it done. And I... Um, and I record the whole process. And I thought it was fantastic because I did have quite deep set lines. I was 24, but I was very expression and very famously in the first couple of series, very expression at my facial expression. I love expressions. your expressions, Ollie. Well, I, I the, live for those. On sadly, the show didn't. <laughs> they didn't. And they, they, a lot of them were cut out. They were a bit oh. much and this kind of stuff. So I went, you know what? I'm going to change it slightly and kind of calm it down a bit. So I wanted to go and try Botox. And I, I felt those two weeks, it kind of takes about three days you can start to see a difference. Mm-hmm. Me, I'm, I'm much it kind of takes about 24 hours for me. You can see a slight difference, but then three days, they say it takes up to two weeks to really take precedent um, and to set in the, in the way it's going to be really. And sometimes you have to go up for a little bit more or whatever or how we change it a bit. Um, however, I thought it was fantastic. I thought it was such a wonderful thing. My face wasn't, I wasn't as expressionate. It kind of gave me a little bit more smoothness, applying makeup when we were in photo shoots or whatever was easier mm-hmm. because there was not that so many lines to go into. Um, and it, and the most important thing, and everyone go, oh, it's so vain. It made me feel better right. about myself, and that's why I really had it done um, because I could. I felt like a different person. I did feel like I was a couple of years younger when I was working with people that were a bit younger than me. Also, let's be honest here. You see yourself on the big screen. I mean, high definition TV is yeah. t- tough. Yeah, you know, the average person doesn't see themselves like that. So, I mean, I'm looking at you here now. You're a young, gorgeous man. Very beautiful I think you absolutely don't need it. But by the same token, I don't know what it's like to be on Made in Chelsea and to be critiqued by the whole world or the producers. So who's to judge? That's what I say. Did you get critiqued by the whole world and the producers for your face at all? I mean, no, not really. I mean, you get the odd troll, don't you, saying... Even now I get the odd Mm. troll saying bits and pieces, and I'm like, well, I just have to ignore it now. I've got thick enough skin. But um, no, I just felt that... And it's very kind for both of you to say you've got a beautiful face and stuff, and it's it's lovely to hear. What a lovely compliment. I mean, heaven. But I... I looked at myself in a very different way, as we mm. all do. Yeah. And luckily that we all get an opportunity to have a makeup artist every now and then and stuff like that, which does make us look a little bit better or whatever. But I um I wake up in the morning and I and I see a very different side of what other people see. I thought it was also interesting that you said earlier on that you've stopped having it now because now you're obviously an actor and actors need to have expressive faces. Yeah, so when I was doing reality, I sat there and I was like, well, basically, I'm, I'm making silly jokes and doing stuff. I want to look as, as, as good as I possibly can. But now being going into, into acting and, mm. and being an actor is, is slightly different because now I need as much expression as I possibly <laughs> yeah. can because a tiny little eye movement on a film makes, it makes a huge difference. And does it wear off enough for you to get that expression back when you need it? Yes, it does. They say it takes about six months to kind of wear off or start wearing off. So three to six months and then and then a bit longer. But for me, again, it took longer. Um, it was up to a nine months probably that mine wear off. And, and actually, I have less lines than I have now. And I probably haven't had Botox in a year and a bit now. Right. Um, however... Um, I can still I can still see that there were less lines than when I first started Botox. And you also took your mum 
for her first Botox. I did. That was actually quite interesting. After many... Mum is... Um, she wouldn't mind if I said it. 64 years old and she is very, very, very attractive woman. But over the years of smoking and drinking and all the kind of stuff that we all do... Um, it has aged her face as a 64-year natural woman would be. You can see she's a bit more confident. She's she's at an age where she would, she's a, she's, she's a single woman, would like to go back out there, and it has changed her opinion slightly that she doesn't have as many lines, and, and she and she just feels a bit more confident. Yeah. That is the most important thing with Botox. It's yeah. not about how you look, really, it's about how you feel. It's made you feel more confident, but would you have got it had you not either had it as a freebie or not been on TV? Um, I don't know. I hadn't thought of that. Um, probably. Yeah. Probably, because it. you see this whole generation, and we're living in a generation of of, um, of beauty and about uh, about the world changing and, all, and everything. And so it is fascinating. Yeah. You cannot go down the street without the mention of a Jenner or a, or a Kardashian or a whatever. And, and, and they're very famously advocates behind that whole generation and world. Do you know, it's very interesting because obviously I'm technically old enough to be Ollie's mum. So I was raised in in a world where Botox didn't exist. Yes. And and when people always say to me, so so how do you know if, if celebrities, now bearing in mind for years I was a celebrity interviewer, how do you know if celebrities have had Botox? And I always say to them, just go back and watch a movie that was made pre-1990. Any movie, huge movies that were around, any TV show that was around in the 70s or 80s, and you'll suddenly be reminded what faces look like when they moved. Mm. And it's, for me, that's a normal face, you yeah. see. This is my, I wish we, we, at this point, we need television because my, fo- my face is moving, my Botox is six months old and it needs redoing. And like you, Ollie, I've got this hugely overly expressive face. Like, I'm the goon pulling faces. and So when I was on television a lot, for me, what it did was it, it just relaxed my face so I seemed slightly calmer hmm. and I seemed slightly sort of less huge eyebrows and squinting and joking and laughing. Some people have naturally quite calm yeah. faces. Ollie and I... We look like don't. emojis. We don't. I'm a walking emoji. But <laughs> Thank it's, it's you, what Ollie. makes you good at your job as well. Some might say, do you feel like yourself if it's, if it's sort of you know, placating that a little bit? Well, you see, I have what's known as baby Botox. So I have minuscule amounts in my face right. so that, as you can see, if you're looking at me now, my eyebrows still move. Yeah, you so it's really- I've got what's technically known as the celebrity no Botox Botox. So I technically could lie to you like a lot of celebrities do and say, oh no, I don't have Botox. I tried it once. It wasn't for me. When essentially what you've had is minuscule amounts that soften the lines but doesn't paralyze the face completely. The exact opposite of people who, and I have lots of friends who say, I don't want any movement. Literally don't make, I want my face to move. I make a living on YouTube. I need to be expressive. I'm on television, but I just want to soften the lines. No Botox Botox. Botox. It's called no Botox Botox. This said, there are cases of bad Botox. Have either of you ever had bad Botox and any regrets around it? Oh, yes. Yeah? Dr. Spock Botox, as I call it. <laughs> Do you know what that means? <laughs> no, enlighten me. So, Dr. Spock was uh, is on Star Trek. And yeah. I yeah, Star Trek, let me get that right. And his eyebrows do that. He's a Klingon. Um, and even the best will in the world, which is why you need follow-up appointments, the the first time you're injected, that nurse or doctor or dentist doesn't necessarily know how your face is going to react. Some people react very quickly to Botox. Some people, it depends on the strength of the muscle. So yes, I've had bad Botox in the past. And I think we're 20 years in now and you see less and less of it. But you need to be really clear to your injector, to your nurse injector or your whoever's 
doing it and say to them, you know, either you want baby Botox where your face can still move or you want your face not to be able to move at all. Yeah. It's up to you and it, it depends on the, the skill of the injector. Well, I don't. I suggest, Ollie, you've never had bad Botox, have you? Well, you, not bad Botox, but Botox certainly, um, it's frozen me more Too than much. I, that I yeah. wished, really. Uh, and then it feels a bit claustrophobic, actually. From what you're describing, it feels like having a resource available where the information is there, where you can be educated enough on what you're getting yourself into is so, so important. Uh, I've, I've got written here, actually, that the Department of Health and Social Care have actually uh, recently launched a campaign to ensure people considering cosmetic procedures have all the info that they need before making any decisions. So if you are looking at doing anything to your face, then do search the hashtag clued up on cosmetic procedures, or you can search the NHS website for more info as well. How important do you think that is? Is that a good idea? Yeah, I mean, the government need to get more heavily involved, but they've just got a whole host of other things mm. that they're worried about at the moment. Let's not mm. mention the B word, and I don't mean Botox. Um, they've just got so much on their plate at the moment, but the truth is it does need more control and more regulation. They need to clamp down on the people who aren't nurses, doctors, and dentists who are injecting this stuff. And on the subject of filler, anybody can inject filler. So th where there are guidelines uh, and legislations about who can put Botox in your face, there aren't for filler. No, anybody can inject filler. So Why? you can go to, uh, because it's not licensed as a drug or a medicine filler. Well, for me, that's scarier than Botox by such a long way because that's why, and you see celebrities all over the world kind of thing, you go, oh my goodness, it comes up on Facebook every now and then, the biggest disasters when mm. it comes to when it comes to um, beauty, etc. And a lot of where your face is very, very, very plump and a little bit ridiculous or cat-like or anything like that is a lot of filler. And that's where it gets scary because Botox can, it can freeze you quite, quite a lot yeah. if you put too much and it's a disaster uh, if you're getting someone that, that's not, not qualified to do it that's where it goes a bit wrong however filler does change your face in such a huge way and can make you look very swollen and it stays for at least six months it seems mad to me that that's not absolutely. as well regulated or at all regulated. No, absolutely, 100%. And and the manufacturers, again, it's Allegan, although there are other, other companies as well, um, the manufacturers want it regulated. They do. The reasons for getting Botox and filler, um, I think we touched on confidence and I, I'm here for that. You know, that makes sense if you feel like you have that control over your emotions. But what worries me are how many young girls I know who look at Instagram or they look at the TV and they see people whose faces seem so perfect and they worry that they don't look like that, therefore they're not normal. Um body dysmorphia. I mean, especially in the world of showbiz and social media, um, I feel like it's rife. What are your thoughts on dysmorphia surrounding injectables and that being something that might make people do something that they might regret later? I mean, I am absolute agreement with you. I think we live in a world of selfies and we live in a world of facetune and filter so that even the people you aspire to look like actually don't look like that. I mean, one of my guilty secrets are those Instagram um, accounts where they show the befores and afters when people, celebrities facetune oh, themselves. Yeah. <gasps> so good. And that's when you realize that even the people you think have perfect skin don't have perfect skin. So you're being driven to aspire to something that actually doesn't exist. And these women are already beautiful in the public eye. However, let's not forget, the way they look is what they do for a living. And right. they are spending a fortune, a fortune at their cosmetic dermatologists and doctors. And I just think it puts an, an inordinate amount of pressure on normal young women who have normal jobs who simply can't afford 
the sort of treatments they're having. I mean, you know, if you were to add up the amount of work that celebrities have, I mean, it would literally be in the hundreds of thousands. You can't expect to compete with that. And why should you? What do you think we do about that? Do you think that maybe these people need to be more transparent? about what Oh, I'd love... Ollie and I are rare creatures, you know. I'd yeah, love to have to more now, people yeah. being transparent about the work they have done. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I do the face tune every now and then, but I have to kind of... I feel like I have to try and try and do that every now and then. I, I feel it's... But I, I never and try listeners, and make I myself... listeners, I can't tell you how gorgeous he is unfiltered in real life. <laughs> That's so kind. But I, I, I just... Um, I, I feel it's one of those things we've kind of been brought up with and it is quite fun to see it on FaceTime to see, oh, my face is actually smooth and I didn't know I could make it that smooth. Uh, That's quite me, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, amazing. But I never go over the top with it because I'm not, I'm fully aware that I'm not a sex symbol. I'm someone that makes people laugh and 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 that's what, and my, 90% of my Instagram followers are women. They don't want me being sexy. They want me being funny or, or something caring or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so I don't I try and make myself look like this hot kind of thing because it just won't work. I'll get like five likes. Uh, look, hot is very subjective, Ollie. I think there's a lot of people who think you are. That's very... Don't you worry about it. <laughs> and I and I specialise in no face tune, no filters, beauty content. And that's my URL. That's, my, that's what I do because I don't ever want anybody to look at me and think I'm never going to look like that. I want somebody to look at me and go, God, she looks okay for her age. What are her secrets? And, and then I want to share those secrets. And that's why, for me, I think as much as social media can come under the spotlight for basically disenfranchising people and setting unrealistic goals, there is an increasing body positivity, inclusivity, Mm. no face tune, no filters, movement out there. And social media is giving it all that gumption. And I think if you follow anybody, anybody in the world, and you look at their pictures and they make you feel bad about yourself, my God, unfollow them straight away. Yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't even realise until very recently, and I'm 29, but just don't follow people who make you feel bad crap. about yeah. yourself. And honestly, if people do filter themselves and face tune themselves a lot, they deserve to be unfollowed. I'm mm. sorry. I'm firmly behind the no face tune, no filters. The, the thing is, it's not just celebrities or social influencers who are face tuning no, themselves. It's the girls you go it's to school with. Everyone. <laughs> it's everyone. And I feel like it. it from my perspective, I'd feel quite preachy if I was to sit there and be like, don't use Facetune, but I, you know, I've got a little bit more money than I used to, a little bit more money than, say, people that I grew up with, and I, I, I've been able to, you know, have makeup artists if I'm doing a shoot and look a certain way. I can't sit here and say, I don't use Facetune, and therefore you shouldn't either. Do you think that there's a bit of a double standard then? I don't know. Not for me, there isn't. I mean, the irony is, is I'm, I'm older and I remember what I looked like when I was both of your ages. And the irony is, is you two don't need face tune and filtering, whereas there isn't a biggest face tune or filter app on, on this earth to make me look like you two. I just think it, my confidence comes from getting older. As you get older, you you just become so more, more accepting of your supposed imperfections. And you don't judge people from them. I can't imagine what it must be like to be your age and to be raised in a world of social media. I made all my mistakes before social media existed. I didn't even grow up with it. I I, I mean, I'm probably the last generation for whom my phone is not an extension of my hand. Mm -hmm. And I do, I worry about my younger cousins and what they're seeing and what they then think about themselves. I mean, I think for you, for both of you, I think it's really important to start taking a stance because Mm. you're, you are the icons, you are the mentors so it's 
time for you to do it. I'm, time for you to drop the face tune and filters. Well, can I put this in a slightly different way? And it, it's about what I kind of said earlier about self-confidence and stuff like that. So I sit there with all these guys getting um, photoed, uh, photographed in, in Dubai or topless and all these kind of gorgeous guys around me. And I see the same people that, that we all do. All these guys looking fantastic mm. on their Instagrams. I sit there and I look in the mirror and see a very different product. And I go, well, what do I do? So again, while I... While I might face tune myself a little bit, it's only to make myself feel a little bit better as well and to try and fit in. Sounds awful, doesn't it? Because, it, it, but that's how I am and that's how I, how I personally feel. And, and that's why I did Botox originally, to make myself feel better. It wasn't to look better to the world as such. It was, it was to be that, that my deep set lines, I didn't like. I think you're right. We, we often associate any body image um, sentiments, whether it's dysmorphia or otherwise, with women, but men suffer from that too. Oh, increasingly Huge. so. Yes, absolutely. And it's your whole body. But and also women are much more likely to speak with each other about mm. it, whereas men are much more likely to be isolated mm -hmm. about that and to feel that they're truly alone. All right, I'm going to stop you there. We're going to take a little break, but on the other side, do join us because we're going to be talking about the psychological effects of Botox. There are a few things more exciting than going abroad. But do you need any travel medication, vaccinations or advice before you do? Thinking about going on a holiday or planning a trip for work? Our in-store nurse or pharmacy team can help give you all the advice and support you need. A vaccination could be as necessary as your sun cream, and we offer a range of vaccinations for common diseases such as hepatitis A, yellow fever and rabies. Take the hassle out of your trip. For more information, speak to our nurse or pharmacist in-store today or visit the Superdrug Health Clinic's website at healthclinics.superdrug.com to find your nearest Superdrug Health Clinic and book an appointment. All right, it is the time in the podcast where we spill the beauty. Let's spill the tea, but... Good. Yeah, thank you. We got thank that. you. Well, yeah, <laughs> I don't need to explain that. Uh, I'm going to ask you some questions just to get to know you guys a little bit better and for our listeners to get to know you. So I'm going to come to you first, Nadine. Question number one. What would be the title of your autobiography? Beauty without the BS. I like it. Uh, weirdest thing you've ever done in the name of beauty? Oh, God, I've had some tubes stuck up my bottom to wash out some toxins. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm glad you put that bit on the end there. Just, just leaving it, tubes stuck up your bottom. Uh, no. But I can't judge. And did it work? Uh, no, I'm not a fan of colonics, to no, be honest. I couldn't agree more. It scares the living daylights out of me. Uh, and finally, beauty trend that you will never participate in. Anything remotely alternative complimentary I'm not I'm firmly on the side of science okay what do you mean by is that sort of uh, things that are more placebo or more oh, herbal or cupping herbs acupuncture that's a whole other podcast I'm firmly on the side of science have you tried any of them oh yeah all of them all of them yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. all of the above I've been a beauty editor for 30 years there's there's not a trend that hasn't I haven't tried in my time and always erring on the side of science. Yeah, absolutely. Caution and science at all times. Mm, okay, Ollie, you're spilling the beauty now uh, with your biggest ever beauty disaster. 
I think for the first sort of five years of Made in Chelsea, maybe, we all had this kind of permatan, which I think we will all look at as this thing that uh, the Essex did it, Chelsea did it. It was that thing everyone had to be as brown as possible. I look at myself now and I'm like, that, uh, do you remember the, the, ring, of, the ring of Shame in, in Heat magazine? Mm. You used to kind of ring it, kind of, thank God it's gone now. But they used to, thank God it's gone now. But, uh, but um, it, it, was, it was my hands. It was the color of my hands in comparison to my face. You were particularly mahogany during the beginning of Made in Chelsea. I was, I and I remember. loved it. I really did. It was fantastic. But now it's, it's, I'm going for a slightly different angle. Um, beauty product you won't leave the house without. So for the last seven years, it's always been a little concealer that mm-hmm. I use as a bit of a foundation, really. It's just a light thing, but I, I feel a lot of men are starting to do it now, but it does, my, my skin tone's a little bit grey. And so I basically try and make it a little bit more orangey and a little bit brighter. Warm it up, even it out. And that's what it is. So a, so a little concealery, foundation-y thing, really. And finally, last thing you Googled. Now, this is potentially dangerous. a dangerous <laughs> no, place to safe. go. <laughs> we're safe. Um, actually, oh, I'm lucky at holidays because I want right. to go away. So we, we want to go away to Mallorca next week. Oh, so we're summer. looking at lovely places like that. Yeah, yeah, good. No, you know what? For a lot of people, you, I've asked this question so many times and it's always like, it was some kind of NHS. Like, uh, uh, do I have like dengue fever or some other tropical disease? Dengue fever is such a niche choice. I don't know why choose. I chose that one, but I don't. By the way, that was my last Google search. Uh, thank you, guys. I feel like we've built the beauty very well, and I know you a lot better. Welcome back to the beauty of it all. I'm joined by Ollie and Nadine, and we are talking about Botox. And Nadine, I want to ask you, do you think the way that it's going, it could become the case that Botox is seen as a sort of 24-7 face tune? Yeah, Absolutely. Botox and fillers can absolutely be a 24-7 face tune and filter. I don't have a problem with that, providing if somebody asks you if you've had it, you admit you've had it. You have to admit Again, it. you mustn't... I, I feel like it's lying. It, it, it's, you're, you're sort of weaving a web of lies if you're pretending you're not face tuning and filtering, if you're pretending you look like that in real life, if you're pretending you don't have Botox and fillers. I don't judge anybody, but please let's be honest about it. I've never done the sucking in thing, and I always find that quite extraordinary because the you body can face tuning. I find it bizarre. When the background goes out of shape. It's curved, and you're like, <laughs> the entire horizon is kind of <laughs> dipping it. It's extraordinary. It's very hard. It's, I always it's so pictures. funny at my generation because I am old enough to be both of your mums. And so for me, it just seems so strange. But, you know, there is a reason that anxiety and depression is going through the roof in young people. And I do think social media has a huge a huge role to play in that. I really do. So, so I think the more people that can stand up and go, this is me, unfiltered, unface-tuned, we're on this journey together, the more you'll empower the people around you. So if we feel like Botox can and often does bring confidence and does make you feel better about yourself and you can control those feelings, where for some people it might be feeling a void that isn't necessarily going to work, should there be, I don't know, counselling or some kind of psychological analysis ahead of getting that procedure? Absolutely, and that's the whole point. If you go to see a reputable medical practitioner, when they sit down and they give you your original consultation, they will be asking you the questions and looking for those triggers to see if you have body dysmorphia. Yeah. And that happens at Superdrug. Those nurses are trained to do that, trust yes. me. Superdrug screens every patient's mental health, uh, and it's just been announced as well that the Joint Council for Cosmetic Practitioners, which is a trade body 
body is introducing screening practices for member clinics too. That's a step in the right direction, surely, Ollie? Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. I think anyone... Um, I love the fact that Superdrug are doing it for 25 and up because I think that's incredibly important. All of this kind of, as we were saying, the, the, the celebrity Hollywood situation um, and everyone watching all of these TV shows, reality shows, etc., a lot of them are 19, 20 and they yeah. want to change their faces. So, yeah. Now, I think you have to sit there and go, okay, where am I going to be in five years' time? I kind of wish I hadn't ha- had a piece of work that I had done a while ago, um, but I was under 25 at that mm. point and that's true. And- Honestly, I didn't know who I... I mean, I still don't know who I am, who does, but like, between the ages of 18 and 25, I was working out a lot of yes. stuff. The way I look has changed considerably just from growing mm-hmm. just from losing puppy fat and uh, your, yeah. fa- your face has not settled into what you're going to look like as an adult until you hit probably around 25 yeah, yeah. but actually it's illegal to inject people under the age of 18 anywhere in the world. And yet there are practitioners that will do it and will feed that sort of generation of people that want those overfilled faces that Ollie's so worried about. How many friends of ours have got dodgy tattoos that they had when they were 17-year-old so in, in Corfu or something? Many. And it's like, it's dreadful. You're so right. The decisions we make, and we don't know who it is that we are, but also we don't know who it is that we want to be. So when you're making those decisions, it does seem quite Drastic. And you feel at that age that you you are so much more adult than you actually yeah. are. You feel really grown up and you're trying to strike out on your own. And I, my argument will always be there's this big word at the moment, prejuvenation. So prejuvenation isn't rejuvenating somebody my age. It's almost like preventative filler and Botox. I've got a bit of a problem with that. Okay, talk to me about that because I do feel like I see a lot of 18-year-olds getting it and I just don't understand why. There wasn't a single wrinkle there to begin no. with. So no, so lips. Yes. Yeah. Oh. And everyone's everyone's lips look quite painful. I, I'm, I'm worried. And I do think there's an Instagram standard of beauty that is just very, very dysmorphic. Mm-hmm. And it's not, I mean, I'm looking at you now. You're so far away from wanting, and I bet your parents are absolutely beautiful. You, you're so far away from wanting any sort of injectables. You don't need them. If you went to a, a, a nurse or a doctor or a medical practitioner, they should say, no, you don't need it. You're naturally really beautiful. I think if you inherit our world of TV, it's slightly weird and there's there's extra pressures. But I just wish that more people would just turn away these young, beautiful women. People would always say to me, what's the best bit of advice you could ever give your younger you? And I was just like, you have no idea how young, gorgeous you are at this very moment of your life. Just appreciate how gorgeous and young you are. You never think about how young you are when you're no. young. You never think about that. Do you know, I went to Cannes, sorry to name drop, <laughs> and I interviewed Helen Mirren on video the other day. And I said to her, just to let you know, I have a YouTube channel for women who are getting older. She went, you're not old enough because she's 73. So to her, I'm young. And she's looking at me in the same way I'm looking yeah. at you two going, you have no idea how young and gorgeous and mate, you are. And that's Helen Mirren. Yes. She's Who incredible. Who is beautiful yes. as well. My God, I said that to, so sexy. I yeah. said that to her. I said, you're so beautiful. She said, I don't like the term beauty. I like the term being. And I was like, okay, I was, I was sort of told off for calling <laughs> Why are you going to phrase that? You're so, you're so beautiful. Oh my goodness, seriously. She's so sexy. I can't tell you what she, she looks like. Sexy. She's living proof. 73 that you are not losing it. Oh, I tell you what. Still well, working After that it. wonderful fe- film, um, sorry, I'm going to go on a touch. Um, Diane Keaton, aged probably oh. 60, went out with Keanu Reeves mm. when he was about 30. Fabulous. She, fabulous. She's incredible. Mm. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. They're the women gorgeous. I want to grow up to be one She's day. She's a good Insta person to follow, don't she? She is. And I only follow famous people that don't face tune or filter. And I said this to Helen Mirren. So Helen Mirren will, will put a picture up before of her with no makeup on and then all the stages until she's ready for the red carpet. You want to follow women that you admire. Yeah. And the women I admire don't face tune or filter. I admire women who are transparent. Yes, and a treat. Yeah, true and honest. It's important to have those role models, um, especially on Instagram. But you mentioned the Insta standard oh, that scary. has sort of come about these, you know, the big lips and the fillers and, and the big square eyebrows. Yeah. Too much makeup. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, here to say each to their own. If you want to do whatever it is that you want to do to your face to make you feel beautiful and it genuinely does, fine. But what does worry me is that the Insta standard is like fashion. So it changes constantly and yet mm-hmm. you're doing things to your face which won't change. Do you think there's a risk because of this Insta standard of people getting carried away and overdoing it with the fillers and the Botox? Oh, 100%. Yeah, it's already there. It's happening. We see it the whole time. And we see it reflected in celebrity culture as well. What can we do about that? Uh, all you can do is try to stand up. You're a role model for women. Ollie's a role model for young men. All you can do is is stand up and be yourself and be transparent and be honest. But some people love that look. Yeah, some and people fine, love, and, that, and if that's their own personal thing, so we might go and go. Oh my goodness, those lips are absurd. And that, I think that's a slightly older thing. That like that's slightly. I mean, it's, our generation is not exactly that. It's, I mean, we're a generation above the twenty-two-year-olds. Um, but it's. Um, they think they look fantastic and if they do and it makes them happy well we can't yeah. judge the them the good thing about both both Botox and fillers is they're not permanent yeah you know 99.99% of, of fillers are reversible you can have them dissolved if you don't like it yeah, they are reversible and Botox does wear off so but just yeah tread carefully tread lightly on your beautiful young face listeners you can always have a bit more If you, you can always go back can't you? you can always mm-hmm. go back and have a little bit more little touch ups and yeah. stuff like that you don't have to go mad at the beginning Start here and work your way up. I feel like Botox and fillers is your equivalent of my generation's perm. We all had a bad perm and we regretted it. (laughs) Well, yes. It's so funny. The men as well. (laughs) True. Kevin Keegan. Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) It it, it does go in trends. I remember when I was younger, people used to make fun. The other little girls at my school made fun of my lips for being big. They said that they looked like a trout, like a a fish, which now appears to be something that you you work towards. Yeah, now people are screaming. I would screen grab your lips and yeah, take them into my injector okay, <laughs> and also yeah. it's the crazy? same with eyebrows yeah. isn't it like I'm, you know in the 90s all the supermodels had really thin eyebrows and yeah. all the girls plucked their eyebrows out and now they're all having to have microblading it's mad it's, and, and you mentioned hair as well the same so embarrassed of this Barnet. and then all of a sudden you realise actually no this is a cool thing and we can rock it and we can be be ourselves I guess I think the thing is you Young women, young impressionable people need to see themselves, or actually any impressionable person, needs to see themselves reflected back. You are a role model for all women that look like you and want to grow up. You're successful, you're smart, you're intelligent, you know, and and I think for a lot of people, they just need to see themselves reflected back. Same with you, Ollie, as well. You're both standing for people who previously hadn't been seen in social media or in the media maybe 20 years ago. You're both role models. 
That's very nice of you to say. And so it's important <laughs> It's important you. that you're being transparent. And yeah. I think the same for me. And, you know, I did not know that my... When I started out as a journalist 30 years ago, I did not know that my shtick would be representing women over 50. And I think yeah. it's really important because they hadn't been seen before. Yeah, you're, you're completely right. Representation, uh, seeing yourself so you that can, you can realise yeah. that you're allowed to look the way you are. You're allowed yes. to be unique so that if you do then want to get something done to your face, it's for the right reasons. Absolutely. And not because you, you feel pressured. You can only be what's reflected back at you yeah. yeah and for every young woman that's struggling with their hair mm. or with their lips or is being bullied at school or for every young gay boy at school that's being bullied or for every older woman that's having trouble getting older and coming to terms with it we're there for them we need to reflect them back it's true outside of what you're seeing on say instagram or on tv i mean can you just get hooked on these treatments I mean is, is there a feeling that you get, you get from you both had it where you're like oh I want more a little bit more let's top it up um, I would say I think hooked is a funny word but I I think it's the same as a tattoo if you get a tattoo sometimes you go well, maybe I regret that but you, uh, some people go oh my god that was wonderful I really enjoyed that <laughs> like, I'd quite yeah. like another oh, one I like, love the of, pain the other arm <laughs> you know, or the other arm would look good with a swan there or something um, I think once you have a little bit, I think it all depends. It's your own self. It, what, what makes you happy? And so it's if you do have some Botox and you go, oh, actually, the lines at the side could do a little bit there, do a little bit there. It's fine. Just don't go crazy. I think that's the mm -hmm. issue. And as long as you've got a, a practitioner that's actually going to help you with that and someone that knows what they're doing, then they will sit there and be like, actually, I think you've had a bit much. I think, there, I think cosmetic procedures can be addictive. And I think yes. there are a lot of people, but you can see it in their face if they're addicted. I mean, both Ollie and I have not, I mean, you haven't had Botox for a year. I haven't had it for about seven months. You know, I mean, I am due a top up. I'm looking at myself in the mirror thinking I'm, I'm due a top up. I have had lip filler in the past, but not for two years and that's worn off. So I think... Be careful if you've got an, addi an yeah, addictive nature. Say. Some people have an addictive nature, but that's the reason you see a medical professional so that they can guide your hand and tell you when you're going back too yeah. frequently and having too much work done. Yeah, I was going to ask, do either of you have? Do you reckon you've got addictive personalities? I no. definitely don't have. I've been to Vegas and Monte Carlo countless times. I've never once put a penny in a slot machine. No, I'm far too cautious. <laughs> <Do> you? <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Not no, really. I don't think you no. are. I think you're... No. And also, just to clarify, you've mentioned there, the practitioner can say no. More practitioners should say no, I think, yeah. Is, is that something that might, you know, be difficult for them? Because they're getting paid at the yeah. end of the day to do this. Yeah, absolutely. It's very I think hard. If very you're going to go into any kind of medical profession if you are one of those people that are taking the money over the health or the implications that might that might happen with with a, uh, with a patient that is where you are a wrong practitioner mm. and you shouldn't be in that industry absolutely and I think it's it's important to explain why you need a medical practitioner to do these procedures and it's not necessarily that you you are better at the procedures but that if anything goes wrong and there is always a risk that some things go wrong you could have an allergic reaction you could have an infection you could basically not like the effect you need to be able to go back to that person and make sure that they can prescribe to you antibiotics or anti-inflammatories or steroids or that they can dissolve it and essentially if you're not seeing a medical practitioner they can't do that the guiding uh, message of all medical practitioners is first do no harm 
So that's the medical ethic. That's what you take. That's that's the thing you swear by before you get your medical degree and you can practice. So I'd like to say no, but if there is a young person that's determined to get a certain look and they can't afford to go to a doctor or a nurse, then then they will, by, by hook or by crook, yeah. that's when Google is a bad thing and get hold of it. So yeah, there are people who will just inject and, and take your cash and... But that is why we're here talking that's, about that's, it now. And that's why Superdrug don't yeah. hire those people. Yeah. Exactly, I mean, and why Superdrug's giving an opportunity for people that are 25 and up to come in and have Botox that's actually not going to be detrimental and not going to put them in a bar. And, and that is affordable. It. And that's what it, exactly. drove me mad. When when Superdrug first announced this and, you know, they came in for a little bit of criticism, I felt like saying, no, you, you, you're not driving a need. All you're doing is making sure that that need is met safely. Yeah. I might sound stupid asking this, but what's the difference between a facelift and having Botox and fillers? So Botox and fillers are what is known as uh, non-surgical. Yes. They're not non-invasive because a needle is involved <laughs> and the needle goes through the skin and therefore that becomes invasive. So, for example, um, uh, there's three categories. There's non-invasive treatments, which could technically be anything that doesn't break the surface of the skin. So that could be facials or it could be radiofrequency or it could be lasers. And then there's invasive aesthetics in the sense that it's injectables so and then there's surgery and surgery is when you're knocked out and go under the knife so a facelift is when they cut the skin lift the muscle stitch it back and nose jobs breast jobs all that sort of stuff that's surgical so what does it feel like to have botox well i don't i mean as a woman it's not painful I think women have quite high pain thresholds. It, uh, the injection um, that is used to inject it is, is as fine as uh, the sort of injection that people use when they have um, diabetes and they inject themselves. It's super, super fine. It's going in fairly superficially. The skin is quite thin. It's just going into the top of the muscle there. You get a little sort of bump, a little bit like a, um, an insect bite that disappears within about 20 or 30 seconds. And depending on how many areas you have it, you have probably between... 10 and 15 micro injections. It doesn't hurt, Ooh. I promise. It doesn't hurt. Is well, that Ollie? I, yeah. I, I, <laughs> You're going to say it does. Well, please. I don't like needles very much. Yeah, right. That's not ideal then, is it? Well, <laughs> so like, Ollie's a man. And mum, absolutely. <laughs> and so, but mum didn't like it at all. Um, and she, she, but she's got a very low through pain for herself. Um, I, I didn't, I don't like it every time I go there. It's a little bit like acupuncture, if I will. It's still, but it's also that's the idea. Re- that's actually, that's a really good way. It's like an acupuncture needle. Yeah, yeah it's very, very, very small, but it's. Um, but you certainly feel it. You can. Feel, I mean, it's still something puncturing your skin, so you know that something's in there. But tiny little little pinch really it's a tiny pinch but because I think I put my mind thinking it's a needle going into my, fa- into my face that, that that makes me go oh my god it's going to hurt more than it does and every time I kind of have to bite my also, you know, but it's fine it's not actually yeah. that painful and, also, and it's over I'm, so quickly and also you can have numbing cream if you want before but you really don't need it fillers are a different ball game mm. fillers can be quite uncomfortable especially in the lips and okay so you have the needles the pinpricks um, what happens next how long before it starts to work before you see a difference when you leave the salon? As I said before, for me, it always takes between kind of one and three days that I can see a slight difference and then 
within those two weeks, that's where you get, and after two weeks, you basically, it's kind of, it's yes. set and it's right. good. That's what they say, isn't it? It takes about two weeks. And then yeah. that's it for the six months. Yeah, pretty yeah. much six to nine months, I'd say, often. Mm. Some people are less, though. Yeah, I mean, it depends how much is being put in and how many units are putting and where they're being put. Um, but it normally takes three days to start to kick in. Don't go back before two weeks. Have a follow-up appointment. Go back after two weeks for various different tweaks. And then for me... I mean, this is six months. It's pretty much all worn off. So, yeah. But also, then I'm considerably older than you are. You, you should do your research, as we've discussed. What sort of questions should you be asking the practitioner before you go ahead? Uh, how, how long have you been doing this procedure? Uh, are you medically trained to do this procedure? Uh, can I see some before and afters of people that look like me that are having the same treatment as me? That's good advice. Um, yeah, absolutely. Taking pictures of people that you you the, the, so you make sure you have the same aesthetic. So you're looking at something. So for example, I mean, obviously, I can't take in a picture of Angelina Jolie, but for example, you could take a picture of somebody, and like I could take a picture of you and say, how many syringes to get those lips? That's the sort of lip I'm looking for, or or you know, just. Honestly, ask as many questions as you want. And if there's even a part of you that feels uncomfortable, get up and walk away. Yeah, you need someone who knows exactly what they're doing. Is there anyone who shouldn't have Botox? For example, uh, if you're pregnant? Yes, can, absolutely, absolutely. No fillers, no, no Botox okay. if you're pregnant. Or I would suggest even if you're trying to get pregnant. To be super cautious, just be, yeah. I mean, I mean why, why is that? Just because... Because you wouldn't want to take even the smallest risk. I mean, I, I'm not even sure if there is a medical risk involved. I just think, one, no practitioner will will treat you if you are pregnant. because And it's not so much actually about what they're injecting in you, but if something does go wrong and you do need steroids or you do need antibiotics, you really shouldn't be taking steroids or antibiotics when you're pregnant. And what did we say was the youngest age you could legally have it? Was that 18? It should 18. be 18. But I think, again, Superdrug have been extra cautious and made it 25, and mm. I think that's the right thing to do. Looking at your face, do men tend to have different parts of the face, yes. Botox, than women? What, what, what's the norm? Well, they don't have different Botox because essentially Botox is, is, is regulated for the cheekbones and above. So mm-hmm. we all get the same expression lines. But when it comes to filler, you can masculinize a face very quickly with filler. So if a man has a weak chin or a weak jaw, you can put filler in there and get that sort of perfect chiseled masculine jaw. And the same with noses as well. So men have filler in different places. They tend not to have the big, plump feminine lips and cheeks but they get a lot of sculpting around the the lower jaw it's considered to be more sexually attractive to have a powerful (laughs) jaw looking at everyone's jaws now some good jaws in the room yours is good oh there is still a reputation around botox even though as you say it's been around for 40 years why is that is that to do with the fact that there is such unregulated Botox still going around? I think there's a lot of misconceptions about it. I think when people hear the word botulinum toxin, which is the actual full name for Botox, um, people hear the word toxin. Also so, botch. Uh, oh, I never even thought of, yeah. never thought of that. Bot rather than botch. Yeah. But yeah, I've never even thought of that. So there's a lot of... Um, th- there's, a, there's a huge movement within beauty for what is called chemophobia. So there's a lot of the movement that... that that chemicals are somehow bad for you. So uh, if you come from that point of view, if you're sort of maybe worried about toxins for whatever reason, even though 
cosmetics aren't toxic. Please don't think that. Then there's that movement. So I understand that back, backlash slightly. Um, and then there's, there's obviously, there is the botch side as well. Mm. But all I'm saying is in the right hands, this is a proper drug that has been tested so much. We know so much about it. It's been injected into people, including young children, full 40 years. What advice would you both give to someone, given what you know and what you've experienced, someone about to have Botox for the first time? What would I say? Um, I would say, for starters, to make sure that that's absolutely what you want. Don't go with what um, someone from Maiden Chelsea once did. Um, I would <laughs> sit there and... Um, Enjoy it and sit there and be like, "This is it's a great thing to do." If you if you're worried about your face in whatever manner, or you want to change something, this is a this is it's not a worrying thing. It's quite a fabulous thing. We now are living in a, in a world where you can change yourself every now and then. Yeah. If you're not happy, embrace it. Just enjoy it. Don't go too mad and just um, yeah, and just make sure you go in the right path with it. You need to make sure you can afford it. You need to make sure that a follow-up um, appointment is included in your package. You need to make sure that you know the difference between Botox and fillers so that you're asking for the right thing because they are fundamentally different things, even though they both come in a syringe. Um, and you need to go to somebody, hopefully, who has already treated a friend of yours and has recommended. Uh, you need to ask around. I think it's just such brilliant practical advice when it comes to choosing safe, repeatable, qualified professionals, um, making sure you have those pre-consultations, making sure you know what you're getting yourself into, that you're thinking about it. From my perspective as well, I, I think that talking like we are now and being transparent and being honest and open and not holding celebrities up to these unrealistic standards and thinking that they're perfect and that we have to all look like that. I think what we've all discussed and you made choices about your own faces and bodies for the right reasons, but we have to celebrate our own differences and mm. our own uniqueness and, and revel in that and know that your face is beautiful the way it is. But if you want to do something, okay, but do it right. I, I think, honestly, never judge anybody for any choices they make in their life as long as they're being honest about them. Yeah, and on that note, I think that's a really nice place to say thank you so much. I have learned a lot. I mean, I, I didn't know a huge amount about Botox and fillers, I'll be honest, but I really have, and I hope that you listening have too. And if you are making those decisions, you make them based on what we've been talking about. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know what? This has been our last in the series. I've really enjoyed doing the beautiful. Thank you so much for listening. If there are any episodes that you've missed, do go back and check them out. And you can download them from Acast, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much. I'll catch you later.